Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 453. Wonder of the Seas and Odyssey of the Seas are Royal Caribbean's two newest cruise ships. Both of them came out within a year of each other, so which one should you go on? Today, I'm going to have a look at both and what you should consider if you're considering the latest and greatest. Here we go. I love a new Royal Caribbean cruise ship. Anytime there's new ships that come out for Royal Caribbean, I mean, it's hard to ever go wrong with a new ship. I often say that in jest, but there's really truth to it. When you're talking about a new cruise ship, it's just, it's got everything there that's brand new. So functionally, everything's there. And more importantly, it has the best things Royal Caribbean is known for. Uh, what's great with Royal Caribbean's engineering is whenever they put out a new ship, regardless if it's the first or the fifth in a class, it's not a carbon copy of everything that we've seen before that. Oftentimes, new ships are opportunities for Royal Caribbean to innovate. And in the case of Odyssey and Wonder, ships that came well at the end of the life cycles of the different classes, right? Wonder of the Seas is the second to last Oasis class ship. Odyssey of the Seas is the last Quantum class ship. And with that in mind, they're not just, you know, oh, everything we've seen before that. There's a lot of features and things that make them unique to each other, even within its own class, let alone comparing the two. So if you're looking at a cruise and you want to choose between both Odyssey or Wonder, you know, I thought today we could talk about why you'd want to pick one over the other, because obviously they each brings a little something different and it's more than just, do you want to go on an Oasis or a quantum class ship? I think there's a lot of considerations beyond certainly that. And I think today's discussion is going to assume that you know the primary differences between an Oasis and a quantum class ship. If you don't, certainly there's some great reading material on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. But, you know, at its basics, you know, the Oasis class is the largest cruise ships in the world. The quantum class is smaller than the Oasis class, but that doesn't mean that they're small by any means. Just relatively speaking, they are smaller. But it is a different layout. And again, for some people, they may prefer one or the other, but they're both big ships. These are big new ships that can handle many thousands of passengers. So again, this isn't just, we're not comparing, you know, a Radiance class to an Oasis class by any means. They're more similar than they're not. I think the biggest difference is you have the neighborhood concept on Wonder of the Seas. The Quantum class on Odyssey does not have a neighborhood concept, but really I think what you're looking at is some of the major areas. So like on the Oasis class, you've got Central Park, you've got the Boardwalk, you've got the Royal Promenade. On the Odyssey of the Seas, you've got the Via, you've got the Royal Esplanade, you've got the Cplex. You kind of get that from there. Uh, actually, something they b both have in common is the pool deck has been really rethought on both ships, both within their class and Royal Caribbean in general. And I love both pool decks. So if you're a pool deck kind of person, if you love spending time, like you're like, wake up in the morning, go straight to the pool and spend all day up there. I don't think you can go wrong with either one. There's an argument about both. I love the fact that on Odyssey, the former area that used to be the indoor pool has just been removed. So now it's just a pool area like outdoors, which provides a lot more space for in general for the pool activities. And it's just more open. I, I The metaphor I always use is like, you ever watch one of those home renovation shows like on HGTV or something? And they knock down a couple walls and the person's like, oh, the flow, it just feels more open in here. That's kind of what it was like with Odyssey of the Seas. Similarly, on Wonder of the Seas, they have a new idea. They, they call it like a resort style pool deck. It's just fresher. It's a nicer look to it. I love some of the design motifs. But in general, if you're a pool person, well, you can flip a coin between the two of them because they're pretty much the same. Uh, and, and I think that's not a bad thing, certainly. Now, in terms of dining, they're also very similar. You know, both ships employing 
the new Giovanni's Italian Kitchen on board. You know, one major difference I would say with the uh, Oasis class in general is you're just going to have more of everything. In general, when you're deciding between an Oasis class and any other class of ship, you're just going to have more of everything on an Oasis class. It's just the, the fact of what Oasis class ships are all about. That's something I actually love about them. So it's not fair for me to sit here and tell you that, you know, the Oasis class always has more of this, thus it makes it better. Not necessarily, it just does, but that's a, a norm of it. That being said, while there are more specialty restaurants on the Wonder of the Seas, Odyssey is not shortchanged in that regard. I've always thought the Quantum class was certainly uh, had a lot of dining on board. And, you know, in terms of entertainment and activities, I think they both have their, their benefits. Like, I love 270 on the Quantum class on Odyssey. Wonder has, of course, the Aqua Theater, and it has the ice skating rink. So there's arguments to be made about both. The C-Plex is absolutely amazing on the Odyssey of the Seas. You know, and, and I think if you've got kids, I would say one factor to consider. If you have kids, especially, I would say, kids between the age of, let's say, six or seven, uh, maybe even seven or eight, and certainly 17, I would say Odyssey has a huge benefit for the C-Plex. I mean, the C-Plex is like a... Uh, adolescent and teenager he heaven. I mean, there's just so much cool things to do there. And as an adult, I really love the fact they move playmakers in there. Uh, it's it's wonderful spot for it. Great for viewing. It's air conditioned, which is a huge plus for me. Wonders Playmakers is outdoors in the boardwalk. And in the summer months, it can be pretty sweltering. I mean, there is this air conditioning and fan blowing in there, but it's just not the same thing. I, I just, I start sweating even thinking about it. So I give a huge advantage to that. And in terms of bars and lounges, you know, they each has their own kind of thing that's there. I think certainly entertainment, let's go back to that for a second, because you had different shows, right? You've got the book, Effectors, and Showgirls on Odyssey. And on Wonder, you've got Intense, Voices, 365, and then you're also going to have Effectors 2 coming soon as of the recording of this podcast. It is not there. It's kind of interesting that Effectors and Effectors 2, I mean, they're obviously they're different shows, but they're the same idea is on both ships, but you have different shows on there. There's in this case, there isn't a Broadway show on either one that might sway you one way or another strongly. So, you know, it, it is what it is, but I think also the signature activities, you know, when you're talking about the North star and record by iFly and the sky pad, those are all things on the odyssey of the seas that really stand out. Whereas wonder of the seas, you got the ultimate abyss, you've got water slides, which can be very important to a lot of families out there, you know, at outdoor sports court, the wonder playscape, which was, a little disappointing. I mean, unless you have really young kids. If you have kids that are under the age of five, I think the Wonder Playscape is probably going to be where you're going to be spending most of your time. That's a wonderful spot for that. And then, of course, you have itineraries. Not to be outdone. Certainly, anytime you look at a Royal Caribbean cruise, I think you're looking at where the ship travels, right? Wonder of the Seas is spending her summer right now in Europe, but she's coming back to the United States to sail year-round from Port Canaveral, whereas Odyssey of the Seas is sailing in Europe as well, but she'll be coming back to the U.S. to offer Caribbean cruises once she returns here, and then who knows, you know, where the future may hold for either ship there. But you've got very similar itineraries, seven-nighters. So, again, up till now, we're about seven minutes into this episode, and, like, they're more similar than they're not. And that's a really important concept, I think, when you're talking about new Royal Caribbean ships. Yeah, they're different classes, but they're still Royal Caribbean ships. And so, if you're considering the two, I hope that right now, you can understand that you're not making a mistake inherently by going with one or the other, unless there's, like, one specific feature that truly like matters to you a lot for some people. Like if you've got younger kids, water slides might be like a game breaker kind of decision for you. I've certainly seen people who say, you know, I I've got to have that on there and I can understand why that might be the case. I think when it comes to picking the amenities, you know, that, that are right for you, obviously this is a personal choice, but as a whole, 
if you look at this, if you take the 10,000-foot view, they are more similar than they're not, and that's a good thing. And, of course, the answer some people might have said at the very beginning of this episode is Odyssey or Wonder. Both is the correct answer there. And I don't know that you're wrong on that, you know. But when you're looking at it, which should you pick? All right, let's, let's be less wishy-washy. Let's make a choice. My answer to this is, you know, as, as the newest ships in the fleet, you're not really making a mistake. Either you're pretty much going to have a top-notch cruising experience, regardless of which one you go on, because they both offer a lot of amazing dining venues, lounges, and onboard experiences. You know, the Oasis class layout definitely has a different feel than the Quantum class, and I do prefer the Oasis class layout. I like the neighborhoods feels. Um, Odyssey feels more linear, and what I mean by that is it feels more like you're going from one end of the ship to the other, and it it, it, it flows that way. Whereas the Oasis class doesn't feel like you're constantly going from one end of the ship to the other. It's more of an open concept. Like you might start off on the aft side of one deck, walk halfway through Central Park, and then end up somewhere else and go backwards. And it, it, it's more open feel. I love the I, the pool deck really by virtue of the fact that I think the ship is just wider. There's more opportunities to not just be constantly walking in the same lines. It, it feels like you're spending more time going up and down as much as from one end to another end. And it just feels more open in that regard. Now, that isn't to say that Odyssey is contra contracted or cramped or you feel like you're you're stuck somewhere. I don't want you to think that way. I just personally prefer the flow and the fact they have outdoor areas inside the ship, the boardwalk and Central Park. It really does add a different dimension to the feel of the ship. But, you know, I, I think that's personal preference. And again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if I was going on Odyssey, this is I would really feel like I'm in a sardine can by any means. I really like that. Um, but you know, the thing with, with Odyssey that it has is it feels a little more like a traditional cruise ship. Now, yes, Odyssey is still a massive cruise ship. So if you're a traditional old school person, I'm not sure that, that quite fits in your category, but it's closer to that than, than, than the wonder of the seas is, if that matters to you. And while there are fewer entertainment venues on Odyssey compared to wonder, there's certainly no shortage of onboard entertainment. Odyssey has several features not found on Oasis class ships like bumper cars, North Star, Ripcord, we talked about that already. And that really makes it interesting for a lot of people of, of all ages, quite frankly. I think there's an appeal to that. But ultimately, both Odyssey and Wonder are going to offer a pretty darn good experience for you. And if you've never been on either an Oasis or a Quantum Class ship, so these kind of descriptions I'm giving you are still like, Matt, I don't even know what context you're giving me here. It's a really good idea to check out tour videos, ship tour videos on YouTube. Yes, this is self-serving because I do have tours of both on our YouTube channel at Royal Caribbean Blog on YouTube. But I really do believe that it helps give convey a better sense of how the ship is laid out and what works for you. Ultimately, I think people are going to choose between the two based on a couple of factors. Number one, price. Sometimes, whichever one is cheaper. And while they're both new and they both command premium pricing, Odyssey's pricing may end up being a little cheaper than Wonder because Wonder is a little bit newer. You never know about that. Number two, is there a specific amenity that matters more to you than another one? You know, we talked about the pool deck is pretty similar, so I don't think that really factors in. But water slides. Wonder has it. Odyssey does not. Uh, are you looking for, you know, maybe you see 270, Ripcord by iFly, North Star, bumper cars, perhaps one of those to you might be really important. Someone else, maybe not so much. And then, of course, there's also the itineraries they sell. You know, the nice thing about Odyssey is they have a little more varied itineraries, even the Caribbean. You know, I remember over the uh, winter, Odyssey was doing six and eight night itineraries, even all the way down to the Southern Caribbean, which is something you're never going to find on the Wonder of the Seas anytime soon. So that can be very much appealing. And then you can really get into the minutiae of like, well, this has this restaurant versus that restaurant, or there's this bar versus that bar. But, you know, when you're talking about new ships, 
it's hard to ever go wrong with either of them. For what it's worth, I will point out that my favorite ship now in the fleet is the Wonder of the Seas, but Odyssey was really up there when I went up there. You know, I, I think Odyssey really stood out to me because unlike other Quantum-class ships, Odyssey really kind of carved itself its own little area, and it, I really enjoyed going on Odyssey more than her sister ships within their own class. And I think it's because Royal Caribbean kind of figured out all the lessons learned of the previous Quantum class, combine them together for the Odyssey, and it really stuck. You know, whether it is the indoor playmakers in the Cplex, whether it's the revamped pool deck, I, I don't know. There's there's lots of little touches that really combine Giovanni's. I mean, I, little things and all that really, I like it quite a bit. So going back to, <laughs> I said, maybe some people at the beginning of this episode say, oh, Odyssey or Wonder do both. That really is the right answer, uh, but I, I, don't, I, I hope that it's clear that you're not making a mistake by picking either one because they're really great choices. All right, friends, time to answer the listener emails. This is the part of the episode where I read the emails you've sent in. If you want to send me your emails, you can do so by saying to Matt at RoyalCarmineBlog.com, Matt, M-A-T-T at RoyalCarmineBlog.com. And if your question is for the podcast, do me a favor, just put like podcast question or something in the title, the subject, uh, just because otherwise it's hard to know. Sometimes people are emailing me podcast questions versus like customer support, which I don't answer. But <laughs> if it's for the podcast, just make it clear it's for the podcast. So that way I'm sure not to you know move on past it or move it somewhere else and I get it answered right over here. Our first email is from Natalie Schmerling. Uh, Hi, Matt. I really enjoy reading your blog and post. We have our first sailing in July and the whole family is very excited. I have a question I was never able to find the answer to. What are the operating hours for the water slides aboard Wonder of the Seas? Perfect Storm, I think they're called. We want to combine the pools and water slides with the excursions and I'm not sure how to do that. I'd love if you can release a blog about the opening hours of dining and attractions on Wonder of the Seas. Natalie, Good news. First of all, thank you for the, the email. Second of all, good news. The answer to all these questions about the water slides, dining, entertainment, the times, it's all on the cruise compass from previous sailings. The cruise compass is the daily newspaper that you're going to find on any Royal Caribbean cruise ship. And the times really don't vary that much. You know, once you kind of find one, you're going to find pretty much that they're more the same because Royal Caribbean's not going to reinvent the wheel. The entertainment staff's not going to constantly be sitting down every week and coming up with a new plan. It's just to make a lot of sense to do that. So, you know, when you're talking about the entertainment, most of it is really just copy and paste and a few adjustments here and there. Perhaps one show is a different time or this and that, but more often than not, especially dining times, things of that nature, they're they're similar. Now, you can find an archive of past cruise compasses over at RoyalCarminBlog.com. So you go to RoyalCarminBlog in our main menu, it says Cruise Compasses, click on that, and you're going to find uh, a number of cruise compasses, find Wonder of the Seas, and there you go, you're off to the races. So the water slides on the Wonder of the Seas they have an hour from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And obviously, depending if you're in port or not, but they're open every day. So you're going to have plenty of time. To check those out. And obviously, dining times, I won't list them over here, but you can find them in the past cruise compass. So hopefully that will answer your question, Natalie. Thank you for the email. Our next email is from somebody who didn't put their name. Oh, Amelia. Sorry, Amelia. Uh, hello, Matt. Royal Caribbean really needs additional restaurants without a fee. Royal Caribbean has more restaurants for additional cost than Carnival. Carnival has, of course, the buffet lines like Royal Caribbean, but they also have a taco area that has tacos, burritos, salsas. They have Guy's Burgers that has very good taste along with fries. Royal Caribbean has burgers, but they're very bland, and Johnny Rockets are not all that. I just came off a cruise on April uh, 2022, and I tried Johnny Rockets, but no taste to them. Royal Caribbean has the buffet lines and the pizza area, and that's it. Everything else is a cost. Amelia, thanks for the email. So here's what I would tell you. First of all, you mentioned the taco area. Of course, I don't know what ship you were on because you did not mention it. But on some ships, they do have a loco fresh, which is a complimentary 
Mexican tacos, burritos, salsa. So that would be covered there. Grant, it's not on every single ship. And I don't know much about Carnival, but I don't think that Carnival has, you know, the tacos and guys burgers on every single ship. So something to keep in mind, perhaps look at, you know, which ships offers which. And in general, I think that's probably some good advice. You know, look at what the ship offers. And if that's important to you, if having complimentary pool deck food is really important, then I would definitely lean towards a ship that has more of those venues, that has El Loco Fresh. You know, the burger thing, I mean, you're right. There isn't really a comp comparable uh, option on Royal Caribbean. Certainly the Windjammer has burgers. Johnny Rockets has burgers, but they cost extra. And they don't really have a guy's uh, burger type experience on their ships. Could that be coming in the future? Who knows? You never know. I mean, Royal Caribbean obviously is very cognizant, I'm sure, of what the competition has, but they also look for ways to differentiate themselves. And I'd be the first to admit that Royal Caribbean definitely leans more in the specialty restaurant venue. Like, if they're going to develop a new restaurant concept, they generally go in that direction. Then they do a new complimentary option. Although, a local fresh is a relatively new feature that you found on, on some ships. So, it's not like it's something, you know, we haven't seen a new complimentary venue in quite a while. But, you know, after all, something I always have to remind myself of. As much as we love Royal Caribbean, this is a for-profit business. So you're going to end up going in that area because, frankly, people are willing to pay for it and they're going to. But going back to you, Amelia, again, if I were you, I would look at a ship that has El Loco Fresh, Boardwalk Doghouse. You know, that we're really talking about Oasis class, like, you know, maybe Symphony of the Seas or even Wonder of the Seas. That might be a good fit for you. Thank you for the email, Amelia. Our next email comes to us from uh, Brad Miller. We're booked on Odyssey for next April. My folks are thinking of going with us on their first cruise. My mother gets seasick at the mention of being on the water. She claims she felt the USS Eisenhower when it moored up to Norfolk. <laughs> Do you know of anyone who is susceptible to seasickness? If so, what works for them? So excited for this cruise. It's been so long. Brad, thanks for the email, buddy. So, <laughs> sorry if your mother feels that way. The over the, the ear patch is what your mother wants. Uh, speak to her doctor. And uh, you can ask, it's the scopolamine patch. It's, it requires a prescription. That's why you have to talk to your doctor about it. But you basically put the patch behind their ear before the cruise begins. That works exceptionally well. My parents, I don't know if they've ever been seasick in their life, but they wear the patch every single time out of fear of being seasick. And they never complain to me. And they've done Trans-Pacific cruises. So I think that would be the way to go. If you're, if you're certainly worried about it, if she's certainly worried about it, then I would go in that direction. It's prescription strength and uh, it works pretty darn well. I've heard very good things about it. So... Next up is an email from Glenna who writes, can I get my COVID test done at Walgreens? And if so, which one's scheduled for my upcoming cruise? Uh, yes, you can. In fact, all of them are, Glenna. I know when it says, when you go to Walgreens' website, unfortunately, I probably get the most emails and questions about Walgreens' COVID testing because they put on there, this is not good for travel. This is good for travel. When they wrote that, they're really talking about air travel. And it's also about like air travel like six months ago. Just ignore it all. You should get a rapid antigen test. That's the one you want to get. It's quick. It's easy. As a vaccinated adult, that's the result you can take. You can also get a PCR test if you want, but the results take too long to come back. So I would not recommend that. I think instead what you want to do is get the rapid antigen test. But any of the tests that Walgreens offer is acceptable by Royal Caribbean. So you can't go wrong with it. But um, if you have a choice, I would recommend getting the rapid antigen test. I think it's just it, the results come back quickly. It's accepted by Royal Caribbean and it'll work out pretty well for you. Our next email comes to us from uh, Nicole. Hi there. I'm bringing my two children, seven and three-year-olds, without my husband on Mariner in July. Unfortunately, not on the group cruise. I took your advice. I got passports for both kids. I've read that there is a form that some people need to use to take their children on a cruise without both of the parents being there. Both parents needed to be there to get the passport, so I don't know why this form would be necessary in my case. My question is, should I get that permission form, which has to be notarized, or are the passport's enough? Nicole, if, you're, if you are the children's mother, like guardian, parent... 
you're fine. You don't need that at all. No, that the form you're talking about, you're right, is for like if you know you were taking your kids and like a friend, right? And that form is really just for like emergencies, like you know they go to a hospital and they need to get you know operated on or, or admitted. And you're obviously when they're asking, are you the the guardian or the parent? You're saying no. Well, they're gonna tell you you can't be here, right? That kind of a thing. But you 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 not need both parents to to you know have a notarized form. So you're the guardian, you're the parent, you're you're totally fine, Nicole. Nothing extra for you to do over there. Our next email is from Jeff B. Hi Matt. Do you have any videos, podcasts, or other articles that you would recommend for someone who's done a number of Disney cruises in the past but has booked their first Royal Caribbean cruise? My daughter, who's 12, and I have booked our first Royal Caribbean cruise for this August on Harmony of the Seas. We've done several Disney cruises in the past, but this will be our first on Royal Caribbean. Anything particular uh, for us that you think is good to know information or tips and tricks for someone with Disney cruise experience, but not Royal Caribbean? Thanks to the podcast every week. They're great to listen to while walking the dog or driving to work. I used to listen to you all the way back on WDW Today. It's funny you again was an exciting moment. Jeff, good to connect with you again, buddy. Um, we've done articles in the past on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. I've done like, you know, like a... Disney Cruise Line guide to Royal Caribbean or something to that effect. If you just Google Jeff, uh, RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com Disney Cruise, you'll find some of those articles. I am certain about that. You know, in general, the experiences are more similar than they're not. I've always said that about all mass market cruise lines, Disney, Norwegian, Carnival. You know, they have more in common than they don't. It's not like you're going from, you know, Silver Sea or Crystal's defunct now, but, you know, like some luxury... 200 person mega yacht to a oasis of the seas that would be a massive fundamental shift in experience but you're going from a mass market cruise ship to another mass market cruise ship certainly there are some nuances that are different i think a couple ones that really stand out to me well number one you probably already know this the soda is not complimentary on real caribbean that's okay jeff you know the eight bucks that you're going to uh per day that you're going to have to spend on a soda card package, the Royal Caribbean is going to be greatly outweighed by the thousands of dollars you're going to save by not cruising on Disney. But in all seriousness, I think bigger changes you're going to notice. Uh, first and foremost, I always thought that there was more international foods available on Royal Caribbean than on Disney, especially in the buffet areas. That might be something to do. Also, speaking of the buffet, unlike Disney, at dinner time, the buffet is open. On Disney Cruise Line, I, I forgot this was a thing. The buffets are not open on, at dinner. You have to go to the dining rooms to eat dinner which always seemed crazy to me thinking about that now. Probably not when I first cruised with Disney. But anyway, you have other options other than the dining room, including specialty dining, of course. But you can also go to the buffet if you'd like to. In addition to that, the e-muster drill, the thing you do before the cruise, is a little bit different, I think, than Disney. Basically, you do it all through the Royal Caribbean app. Uh, download the app, Jeff. It's important to get that. Do your online check-in over there. Get your check-in time. And then do your uh, e-muster drill through there. I seem to recall Disney has their own version of eMuster, but it's a little different and not nearly as app-based as Royal Caribbean, so that'd be important. Also, I think Royal Caribbean is far more invested in the app in general, so planning ahead of your cruise. Get to the Cruise Planner website, Jeff. Um, once you have your cruise booked, which I think you already do, obviously, you know, log in, look at what you could pre-book. Their drink packages or something that don't exist on Disney Cruise Line, they do on Royal Caribbean. So if you're interested in a drink package, whether it's a soda package, an alcohol package, or a non-alcoholic packages, these are great deals because they can't save you money as long as you're going to drink enough every day of the cruise to make it worthwhile. Similarly, dining packages, especially dining, is a thing that Royal Caribbean has that I don't believe Disney has. That would be something else to consider as well. So hopefully that kind of answers the basics. There's more than that, obviously. But this will get, I, I think, Jeff, if you've read enough, like a couple blog posts, listen to episodes here on the podcast, I think we'll quickly get an idea of that. 
But obviously, Jeff, if you have more specific questions, please feel free to reach out. I'd love to answer them here and talk about that because uh, I really take it personally. People who come over from Disney to Royal Caribbean, as somebody who's did that myself, I feel like it's an important factor because, you know, I, I just, I don't really have much disdain for other cruise lines. Like if you want to cruise Norwegian, more power to you. But I just feel like Dis I can understand why you'd want to cruise NCL. I really don't understand the appeal of, of Disney given their pricing. I think it's absolute lunacy. No offense to you, Jeff, but I'm just saying in general, like, like it's almost like I'm doing, I can't say this without saying, sounding pretentious, but I just feel like it's important to help guide the Disney people to the, to the light, come over to the light side. All right. Last email today is from Sunflowers and Whiskey. Great name. Hey, Matt, first want to say love your elf on the top shelf. Bring back memories. Wife and I were wondering when Royal Caribbean opens up, check in on the app and what to expect and what information they're looking for. We want to make sure we have our ducks in a row so we get the boarding time we desire. Really enjoy listening to your podcast and watching the YouTube channel. It really gives us an inside information that we'll need for our first Royal Caribbean cruise. Thank you for what you do. Well, thank you for the email. I do appreciate that. So the online check-in right now opens up about 45 days before your cruise. So what you can do actually even right now, if you wanted to, is uh, if you open up the Royal Caribbean app, even if you're beyond 45 days or before 45 days, more than 45 days out, um, you know, if you go to the Royal Caribbean app and you go to the online check-in area, it will tell you what day it will actually open up. So you can put a calendar reminder and you'll want to do that. Basically, you're going to enter a couple of parts of information. Number one will be your basic information, your passport, your name, emergency contact, Yada, 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 that kind of stuff. That's pretty straightforward, right? You do that on, you know, almost anything you do check in for. You also put a credit card information down, take a selfie photo. Um, everything in the check-in process is quote unquote optional. And I say quote unquote, because it's technically optional. But if I were you, I would do every single thing you can because every minute you spend doing it at home could save you time in the cruise terminal. You can also upload photos of your vaccine cards, which is important as well. And then you've got the check-in time, which is super important, what time you want to check into the terminal. And then you have a closer to your the actual day, like actually, literally the day of your cruise, the health questionnaire that you'll fill out. It's pretty easy to follow, I think, but you're just, what you're going to need to have in front of you if you're going to do the online check and once it opens up is your passport, your vaccine card, a selfie, so you can kind of, you've got your face, you can take that as well, and a credit card. And that's pretty much the basic core information that you're going to need. It The whole check-in process, if you have everything in front of you, per person takes about, I don't know, two minutes, maybe it's pretty easy to do that. And it guides you through the whole process. There's a nice little check marks there. And don't worry after you upload your vaccine card, it says pending. It'll say pending for a long time. Don't worry about that. It will eventually clear itself out much closer to your sale date. They just take their time going through them and validating them also. Don't read into it. It's like, oh my goodness, I did this a week ago and my vaccine card stuff still hasn't been validated yet. They're coming to get me like, or they're not gonna let me on the cruise. Don't worry, you'll be fine on that. So thank you for uh, checking out this episode of the podcast. Thank you for all the emails. If I can read your email on an upcoming episode, please send me an email, matt at royalcarbonblog.com, matt, M-A-T-T, -T, at royalcarbonblog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt, and we'll talk again real soon.